Hey, yeah, hey guys, welcome to another Tokyo Munchies podcast. This is our new mini series called Five Reasons Why You Want to Visit Japan Summertime. So, let's get into this and explain each and every reason for you guys why you want to visit Japan during the summer. I know you probably don't like the heat. Oh, maybe you like the heat. I don't know, everybody's different. I'm a winter guy, I like the cold, but some of you like the Wind, some of you like the heat, some of you like it hot, like it hot, like a takayaki ball that you just stuffed into your mouth, realizing it's going to be steaming hot and you're going to burn your tongue, and you have no way out other than to cover your mouth with your hand and ridiculously make slurping sounds to try to suck in cool air to cool down that hot takayaki ball you stuffed in your mouth. But these are five reasons why we love summertime in Japan. Japanese candy is not just for Japanese, it's for you too. So make sure you drop by tokyomunchies.tiktok.com and get yourself a munchie pack today. Because I'm Batman. Reason number one. Not only is it really nice, the skies are super clear, you got some really cool cloud formations happening, a lot of cuteness, nimbus happening up there. But summertime in Japan heralds a couple of things. So it heralds the rainy season. The rainy season generally can last from anywhere from two weeks up to three months. We've been fortunate this year to only have a two week rainy period, which is great. And then it segued into something which is in between. And then it went straight into the typhoon season, which is also very exciting. Not so exciting if you have to rely on the trains to get to work on time, especially if you're traveling early in the morning or late at night and the trains are delayed anywhere up to 30 minutes to an hour, or maybe they can be totally canceled. So that's number one. Awesome weather, it's really sunny, then it's terribly rainy, and then it's really sunny, and then it's stinking hot, and then it's really nice, and then it's beautiful and then it's really crazy typhoon season. So if you like your weather to be a little bit off the cuff, if you like it a little bit on the, uh, I don't know how to say this in English anymore because I've lived here too long. If you like a little bit unique, unusual, experimental, out the box, in between, I don't know. If come visit Japan during summertime for reason number one for Mao top five reasons to visit Japan during summer series and we'll go into the next one after this short frisky transition. They mostly come at night. Mostly. And guys, after that very frisky and very excitable transition there, we'll talk about reason number two. Reason number two is all the festivals. All the summer festivals. So it's called Natsu. So that's the Japanese word of the day. We're going to work out later. It's called Natsu. Natsu is summer. Natsu Matsuri. Matsuri means festival in Japanese. So you have your Natsu Matsuri. Natsu Matsuri's are awesome. If you had a chance to listen to our mini stop versions of the podcast we did a while back, there'll be more of them to come. Natsu Matsuri's are traditional Japanese festivals held obviously during summertime, and every single place in 
Tokyo and all across Japan, all the way up from Hokkaido, right down to Okinawa. They all have their own unique summer festivals. And some of them are massive, some of them are so crazy, it's like going to a rave party at Bon Jovi's concert, or it's like attending a small gathering on your veranda with a few mates and an esky full of beer. Esky being the Australian word for ice cooler or ice box, I think that you Americans use, but we call it an esky down here in Australia, and I still call it an esky up here in Japan. So that's Missouri. You've got all the local people that live in that area, and even people traveling from far and wide, if it's a particular famous Natsumatsuri, they come and they enjoy the summertime festivals where there's typically a, like a stage, like a pagoda thing set up, maybe two, might be a story high, maybe two stories high, depending on the level the Matsuri's famous or infamousness. And at the top, you've got these guys up there with a big taiko drum, and they're smashing away the taiko drum with this rhythmic beat. And surrounding the pagoda, you've got all these Japanese women, and sometimes men, wearing yukata. Yukata being the Japanese summer kimono, very lightweight cotton. It's typically just like a dressing gown you put on after having a shower. So you've got these guys circling this pagoda, doing this elaborate dance. It's a little bit of like a one-two step. You got your hand above your head, you got your hand above your head, you got your hand behind your back, you got your hand behind your back, and then you clap, turn, and do a little jig. And these guys just circle around this pagoda, listening to recordings of old Japanese songs, and dancing to the beat of the taiko. And that's really, really cool. And then that is the focus of the Matsumatsuri, that's celebrating the summer period. All around that, you have all the people gathered to watch it and enjoy it, and connect with the Japanese-ness and then you have all the vendors and all the stalls selling everything you possibly imagine they sell toys for kids they have like a shooting gallery where you can get a pop gun and shoot corks at cards or as I saw it one recently empty cigarette packets kids shooting pop guns with corks at empty cigarette packets if you knock them over you win a prize then they have like a little like running race track in water where you can scoop up balls and put them into a cup and how many balls you can scoop up you can keep. Also they have like a little koi, like a little goldfish thing going on with a little circular plastic paper fishing net and it breaks very easily. So the idea of the game is to scoop up a goldfish and put it in your pot without breaking the net and try to get as many goldfish as you can. And all the goldfish you can get, you can keep, and they give you a little plastic bag, you can take it home. And I don't know what people do it when they take it home, because I've never done it. I'm assuming they keep the poor goldfish alive, they put them in a pot or a bowl or something and let them swim around. Or, I'm not sure, they eat them, or they flush them, or they just neglect them on the streets. So, and then you have like a... Well, other games like you have ring toss games, lots of different games. Like you can choose, a, you can pay five dollars to choose one ticket to win a big toy. So there's lots of games which are focused for kids, obviously, not for adults. You can play if you're an adult if you have that, if you are that way inclined. And then next to that, you have all the food stalls, which are awesome. We mentioned that in the Tokyo Munchies Meals Top series. So the food stalls, generally, your normal food stalls consist of your takoyaki, which is your octopus balls. We'll do another episode on octopus balls, so I won't explain that too much right now. You have your takoyaki, you have your okonomiyaki, which is your Japanese pancakes, which are awesome. You can eat them any time of the year, but summertime when you're at a festival, they're 
rad, the best go-to comfort food. You have your choco banana, which I explained in the mini stuff series as well. This is basically a banana dipped in hot chocolate, let it cool and set, and then you can munch that. And you have uh, like karyage stalls, which sold fried, deep fried chicken, battered deep fried chicken chunks. Um, and you have your yakitori, yakitori, which is like meat on a stick, on a skewer, which is barbecued in front of you. And there's like, sometimes there's popcorn machines, sometimes there's fairy floss machines, or as the Americans like to call it, cotton candy. So there's all this awesome street food to choose from. And then there's all the alcoholic drink vendors, which are serving up beers, chew highs, one cup of zeki, all the drinks you could possibly want, ice cold. So you're chilling at the Natsumatsuri, you're drinking a cold beer, you're eating your plate of takoyaki or your karyage or your okonomiyaki. You're watching these guys gyrate around this giant pagoda, clapping their hands, doing a little bit of a one-two step to the drummers up on the pagoda. And that is number reason one two why summertime in Japan is so awesome and definitely a must-to visit if you're here during the summertime, you gotta go check it out. Some famous a uh, famous one I'll mention right now is Asakusa Hongani. Uh, sorry, sometimes Japanese names are really hard to pronounce, but Asakusa have a really famous one. It draws in thousands of people and it's a really good time. You get to see people dancing around the Omikoshi, which is a big shrine on their shoulders. There's about 10 to 20 guys holding this huge, heavy shrine on their shoulders. Doing a bit of trying to do a bit of a one-two step dancing down the street, carrying the shrine, doing a bit of a chant. And by the way, all of these guys have been drinking a lot of sake, a lot of Nihonshu before they've actually done this. <clears throat> so it sort of leads to the dance style, but it also leads to some accidents. But it's pretty funny to watch. You've got drunk guys carrying a huge shrine thing down the street, singing a song, trying to have a dance. So, reason number two, why to visit Japan in summertime. We're going to go to a frisky transition, or maybe not even a frisky transition. I might include a cow sound here, and possibly even insert a sly commercial. And then we'll go into reason number three, the top five reasons to visit Japan during summertime. Yeah, g'day guys. Uh, this is uh, Pete down here in Oz for uh, Pete's Potato Plantations. Just thought I'd... Uh, have a bit of a shout out to tokyomunchies.tickdale.com Lads have been pretty nice to me They uh, rejected my offer for a large bag of spuds to be sent up to them Because they seem to have a quite a decent quality of them in their garden right now So that's all good But yeah, they, they in turn they sent me a box of Tokyo Munchies down here to land out under The sunburned country And it was lovely, you got a box of candies and stuff I don't know what the hell it is but it's gonna be great for the kids when they get home from school they're gonna have a big box of candy to dive into and have a good time anyway so this is our uh, Pete from Pete's potato plantations down here in Oz giving a big shout out and much love to Tokyo munchies at Tokyo munchies dot I don't know what 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 is that a go out I don't know I, oh sorry anyway thanks guys see ya So guys, in reason number three of the top five reasons to visit Japan summertime series is Hanabi season. Hanabi, yay! Hanabi is Japanese for fireworks. So pronunciation guys, Hanabi. 
Hanabi, it means fireworks, and it also means flowers, like a peony. So you can sort of get the gist of where the idea is coming from from the name, because flowers like pop and bloom, and they explode in colour, and they're all over the place, and they look pretty, and girls like to look at them, guys like to give them to girls, and then they like to enjoy them together. So Hanabi season is another great reason to visit Japan during the summertime. Hanabi's or fireworks is so different from what I used to deal with when I was living in Oz. Living down under, mate, in the sunburnt country. So in Australia, typically a fireworks show would last anywhere from about five to ten minutes max at festivals or shows. If you have special events like the countdowns for New Year's around Sydney at the Harbour Bridge, probably looking at maybe around 20 minutes, I think. 20 minutes a little bit around there. But in Japan, it's a social thing. It's not just, you're not just there for the, the oohs and the ahs and the bang finale. You're there to enjoy that, but for an extended period of time. So you have lots of time to chat, drink, eat, and be merry and festive. Japan's fireworks is something totally out there. I've never actually experienced in Australia and anywhere else, but I haven't really traveled anywhere else other than, other than Australia, Singapore, Malaysia, China and Japan, but Japanese pyrotechnics, that fancy word for fireworks, so Japanese pyrotechnics take it to a new level. I, you, if you've ever been in Japan, you would have, if you've seen them, you would know what I'm talking about. Like, the fireworks, the pyrotechnicians, the fancy name for fireworks guys that make the cool fireworks, they can make like Pikachu fireworks, or they can make like flower fireworks, or they can make like Pokemon ball fireworks, or Disney character fireworks, or heart-shaped fireworks, or stars, or anything. It's really, really awesome to watch. So you're just like sitting there and then the normal stuff's going on, the Roman candles, your satin missile batteries, your, your, your bang-bangs, and then they do like the big mortar shots, like the boom-boom-boom, and you wait for it, then bang. Normally in Australia, we have like a peony, which is pretty much your starburst, which you have your different colors. But in Japan, they like do the Pokemon characters, which is so cool, because you, you sort of try to guess what character is. Normally, on good conditions, it's very clear that it's a big Pikachu, or it's a big Pokemon ball. Sometimes it's a bit windy, and they get blown around a little bit, so it's a little bit messed up, but pretty much it's damn clear what you're looking at. So you've got like, bang, wow, there's Pikachu, bang, wow, there's a Pokemon ball, bang, wow, there's a big love hub, bang, wow, there's Mickey Mouse. So, it's really cool. Not only are you being treated to some amazing visuals and some amazing pyrotechnic skills, you're also hanging out with your Japanese friends or your foreign friends, you're eating sushi, you're eating takoyaki, you're eating uh, okonomiyaki, you're eating popcorn, you're by a river or you're in a park and you're seeing something awesome, and you're drinking, chatting it, and having a damn good time. So I highly recommend it. Though, one thing about the fireworks season, I recommend as a first-timer, but I don't recommend it all the time as a sumidagawa. Sumidagawa. So sumidagawa, gawa is river, so sumidagawa is a sumi river. It's located in central Tokyo. I think it's around the Tokyo Station, Hachibori, Skiji area. It's around that area there. It's one of the main river systems that flow through Tokyo. It attracts hundreds of thousands of people just in one night for that fireworks show. And you'll be treated to a massive fireworks spectacular. 
the reason why I suggest this as a one-time try is because it's great to just tick off your bucket list, but it's so busy, it's crazy. If you have bladder issues, if you have a lid of um, IBC, uh, you probably want to take a bag with you, because when I went there the first time, just getting out of the train station was near impossible. Trying to get near the river to view the fireworks was borderline impossible. So me and my now wife, we just pretty much walked out of the station, walked a few meters down the road, found a vendor selling alcohol and food, grabbed some snacks, some chicken, some beers, some chew highs, and just sat down on the middle of the road, which everybody else was doing, but we could still see the fireworks. Even though we couldn't see the low ground stuff, we could see the big stuff, and it was good enough. It was cool. It was very exciting. Um, the, the negatives for that, as I mentioned, was trying to get actually out of the station to get there, not being able to actually get there, and then the leaving process, and if you want to use a toilet process, yeah, make sure you bring like a box of Kleenex, some bags, preferably ziplocked, maybe some deodorant, baby wipes, and um, be prepared to wait anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to get out of the station, and the same, 30 minutes to an hour to get back into the station, to get back on the train, to get back to where you're trying to get, like your home, or go out to Shibuya, or Roppongi, or Shinjuku, to party. So, that's reason number three of our reasons to visit Japan during summertime series. After this short break, maybe it's going to be a goat or a cow transition sound. I might even slip in another Big Rig Migs hot wax commercial in here. After this short transition and break, we'll be back with reason number four to visit Japan during summer in the summertime series. See you in a mo. What's better than a goat? A moon goat. Moon goats are magical creatures which appear with the moon. If you see a moon goat, make sure you say hello. Have a great day. And drop by TokyoMunchies.Ticktail.com and get yourself some Japanese candy. Yeehaw! So guys, after that short break, which was probably more entertaining for me than it was for you, we're on to reason number four, why to visit Japan, Seasons, Summertime Edition. And that is, guys, because of the music scene here in Japan. During the summertime, wow. The Japanese really know how to rock it out with you out and there is so many music festivals it's crazy and they actually draw hundreds if not hundreds of thousands of people and it just gets better and better every year and we're talking massive lineups like we're talking Metallica we're talking uh, Blink-182, Green Day, Bon Jovi, Kendrick Lamar NRE, NRE, N, uh, voice of a mistake on this one, N-E-R-D, pardon my pronunciation, but we've got like Bob Dylan and his band, we've got Vampire Weekend, Jack Johnson, we've got Johnny Marr, Glenn Spanky, with a name like that, it's gonna have to be good, Post Malone, Odessa, Fishbone, Unicorn, Ash, Starcrawler, these are all sounding like names out of some really bad sci-fi movie which is based on a raccoon piloting a ship, which it probably should be called Guardians of My Galaxy, or Guardians of Walking My Garden with Kyle. But, seriously, all the craziness aside, yeah. So, top five reasons to visit Japan, seasoned, summertime, is the rock. 
is the music. It is non-stop. It's like Fuji Rock. Fuji Rock Festival. This is Fuji Rock Festival 18. Uh, well, 2018. And seriously, like the lineup for this is crazy as I just read out a heap of names for you. Um, what's going on? Yeah, we got Eastern Youth Corridor. Special guest GNG and the Miller Orchestra. Dirty Projectors. Serpent with Feet. Awesome City Club. Hins. It just keeps going on and on. This is a three-day festival. This is really off the tap crazy. And it is actually going to go down. When is it going down? <gasps> it's going to go down. Oh, no. Ah, oh, going down right now. I've missed it. Ah, hell no. Ah. Actually, hang on. Let me just check the date on that. So, the Fuji Rock Festival. It's going down the 27th, the 28th, and the 29th of the 7th. And I've totally lost track of what date it is because that's what happens when you drink way too much sake. Oh no, it's kicking off. Hey. Ah no. Uh, yeah. No, I missed it. It was last month. Yeah. Okay, all good. There we go. As I said, that's what happens when you drink too much sake. So yeah, it was the 27th, 28th, and the 29th of August. And man, that would have been a mad festival to go to. As I said, we're talking thousands hundreds of thousands of people and they're all heading out to Naiba where the Fuji Rock Festival is held it's really it's really close to Echigo Yuzawa station if you've been to Japan you might be a little bit familiar with the Echigo Yuzawa station it's really close to Gala Yuzawa which is a ski resort area um, if you love snowboarding or skiing and you just want a quick one day trip jump on the Shinkansen the bullet train and you can be in Galiozawa within, I think it's about an hour, around about an hour, hour and a half. You just get off the Shinkansen, you're in the actual ski resort, you just put your bags in a locker, suit up on the ski fields, away you go. But yeah, as we're, talk we're talking music festivals, we're not talking winter season here, we're talking summer. So yeah, the Fuji Rock Festival, like definitely, if you ever come to Japan, make sure you time it with like, in the summertime, make sure you time it around the Fuji Rock Festival. You don't want to miss that. There's also the Summer Sonic Festival, which is totally off the chain crazy as well. Probably not as big as the Fuji as the Fuji Rock Festival, but it's damn well up there. And it has a huge lineup too. You got all the world's biggest bands coming over here. Like even Ed Sh I think Ed Shannon maybe even came over. Yeah, there's just crazy. Like here we got the performers. 2000, 2001, yeah, 2004, 2005. This is like a long, long festival, and it, had, and it attracts worlds yeah, Metallica, The Church, Peace, uh, Queen and Adam Lambert, Avril Lavigne. We get around to the 2018 lineup. There we go. 2018 lineup. This went down August the 19th, and I obviously have missed it again. But who do we have? We had like Beck, we had Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds, we had Sean Menendez, uh, Rule Sherlock's Oral, The Oral Cigarettes. Okay. That's a good name. I like it. Oh my god, we even had Nickelback. And then the Queens of the Stone Age, Nine Inch Nails, Her Name in Blood, Tame Impala, The Friendly Fires. That just keeps going on and on and on. And these are just the two. These are just the two, like, massive festivals. And there's just more and more and more. Like, this is a rock in Japan festival. Um, yeah, there's not much, not much info on the Rock in Japan festival. Uh, the Rock in Japan Festival is an annual three-day rock festival held during early August in the Hitachi Seaside Park in 
Hitachinaka Ibaraki, Japan. Ah, that's why it's not much info on that. Ibaraki is one of the overlooked prefectures of Japan, and I don't know why. Because Ibaraki is actually pretty damn nice. It's nice. Just outside of Tokyo, rent's really cheap, people are really nice, it's fairly close to the beach, they have a massive festival called Rock in Japan Festival. So I have to, I'll spend a little bit of time exploring some more in Ibaraki and to share with you that in a different podcast episode. And like it just keeps going. We have the Rising Rock Festival, we have the Inazuma Rock Festival. So reason number four to visit Japan in the top five reasons why to visit Japan seasons edition, summertime, it's pretty much summed it up for you. Fuji Rock Festival, Summer Sonic Festival, Rock in Japan Festival, Rising Sun Rock Festival, Inazuma Rock Festival. <clears throat> and that's just the top five. And there's so many more. So that's my awesome choice for five reasons to visit Japan seasons summertime. Number four, we'll go to a short break. I'm going to clear my throat, as you can hear. I've been doing that during this recording, which is fantastic for you guys. I have a bag of lozenges here. They might be lozenges, or it might be some type of laxative. I don't know, but either, either, if it clears my throat, I'll be back after this short transition for the number five best reason to visit Japan, Summertime Series Edition. See you in a moment. Good evening, dears. This is Granny from the UK again on the Tokyo Monkeys podcast, and it's fantastic to be back on this show. Kyle is such a nice man for inviting me back. Anyway, I don't really know what happened over the last 24 hours. I was just sitting at home sipping some herbal tea with my husband, Sir Charles Charlesington, and then suddenly I woke up and I'm here in Tokyo, Japan. It's quite a quite a trip, actually, to use the vernacular of your young people. The, the point of being, the reason why I'm here for is, I think, because of Ricky Haneda's holistic hairy hand cream. I received a tube of that from the young and strapping, handsome man, Ricky Haneda himself. He dropped by my apartment in number 43 Downing Street and passed off a tube of Ricky Haneda's holistic hairy hand cream and suggested I try it. It's a fantastic product. It removes all the stray hairs from the palms of your hands, upon the knuckles of your fingers, and also between the cracks of your toes. If you have any stray hairs, don't be misguided by the name Hairy Hand Cream. You can apply this product anywhere. And Ricky Haneda is a beautiful man, and he's highly suggested this. And he's actually given me a box of it to share with my friends. I've passed it out to the ladies down the street, and they quite like it too, and they have a lot of young male men visiting them recently, and just to rub hands and say hello. So thank you, Ricky Haneda, for your beautiful, holistic, hairy hand cream, and I'm pretty sure we'll be able to sell this on Tokyo Munchies. .com. I'll have a chat with that strapping young gentleman, Kyle, and see if we can put it on his shop. Anyway, guys, I'm going to wander around Tokyo for a little while. I'm not sure where my dressing gown has gone. 
I'm, I'm not sure if I'm naked, but it's maybe part and parcel of using Ricky Haneda's Holistic Hairy Cream. It, it does say on the packaging, it does induce hallucinations. Have a great evening, guys, and lovely to hear from you again and chat to you again. Kisses from Granny from the UK. Toodaloo, and uh, be safe, please, dears. And guys, so to wrap up our top five reasons to visit Japan seasons summertime series is beaches. And I'm saying beaches, not saying bitches. I'm not sure what you're reading into that because maybe my accent is a little bit strange for you because I'm Australian, but I'm speaking in a slightly British accent right now. But beaches, beaches are the bomb. Beaches in Japan are the shizzle manizzle. If you want to have some good times in Japan while you're here, if you're here for a short time, you're here for like a week or two, or you're here for like a month or two, or you're here for like a working holiday, definitely hit the beaches if you're in Japan during the summertime. Because it is off the tap fan freaking tastic. And this is a PG podcast, so we're not going to delve into any profanity here, but it is fan freaking tan. Fantastic. And actually, mm. it is fan-freaking-tan-tastic because you get yourself a sweet tan. Myself, I'm looking at one right now. And it's looking pretty brown. Browner than a bag of Meiji chocolate. So, the reason why I mentioned beaches for is because, dude, you're in Tokyo. If you come to Japan and you're staying in Tokyo, dude, you're in Tokyo, a mega city. you got Shibuya, Shinjuku, Roppongi, Kabukicho, Ikebukuro, Ueno. Tokyo, you've got all these magical, rad, cool places to visit, not to mention Akihabara. But if you want to get a bit of uh, summer chill on while you're here in the city, because it gets pretty stinking hot, definitely hit up the Japanese beach scene. If you don't, you're missing out. And you're not missing out like entirely, but you're missing out on a little part of Japanese culture and you're missing out on a little part of things where you can get a little bit more intimate with Japanese people and a little bit more intimate with the island chain which is Japan so number one I would highly recommend you going to Okinawa so if you come to Japan you're in Tokyo I know I mentioned Tokyo earlier but I'm gonna spread this out a bit if you've made your way all the way here to Japan Definitely head down to Okinawa if you have the cash, if you have the time. If you arrive in Tokyo, you can take a Shinkansen or you can fly direct. I think Shinkansen, you have a few stops on the way and you might have to take a ferry, but go all the way down to Okinawa, down to the very, very southernmost island chains of Japan and enjoy that and explore that and definitely spend a week or two there and, and just soak it in because Okinawa is magical. Okinawa, so give a little bit of history on Japan, because it's a very interesting history. So, a long, long time ago, in a land far away, the Okinawa island chains were occupied by the Ryukyu. The Ryukyu were not Japanese. They were a race of people of Asianic descent from the main continent of Asia, which is now like Russia, China, Korea, that area. 
but they were called a Ryuku and they are not Japanese. Uh, you can debunk me if you want, you can argue me if you want, but yeah, the Ryukyu people, then they don't look like the standard Japanese. They're a lot slimmer, and they're a lot taller, they're a lot tanned, they have different facial features. If you ever spend a lot of time in Japan and you meet a lot of Japanese people, especially people from Okinawa, you'll notice they do look strikingly different from the standard people you'll meet in Tokyo. So oven to skip the history lesson back to the beaches because that's what we're talking about the top five reasons to visit Japan in seasons summertime edition so Okinawa islands are like wow if I've spent a long time living in Tokyo and you get a little bit claustrophobic and you think that like this is all Japan has to offer but if you have the time and the money you gotta travel like the length of Japan to understand Japan and the summertime edition, we're speaking beaches, we're speaking summertime in Japan. Okinawa is the place for you to be. You go down Okinawa, they have beautiful white sand, they have beautiful beaches, and they have this beautiful island chain which goes skipping all the way down to, I think, the point of Taiwan. And it infringes on the border of China and the border of, Thai, uh, border of Korea, so there's a little bit of anxiety a little bit of angst happening there but these are Japanese islands but wow they are super magical and super beautiful I'm talking white sand I'm talking crystal clear beautiful blue water there's no sharks like we have in Australia and it's just it's a dream it's a dream it's magical so beaches to Top five reasons to visit Japan, summertime, season, series, beaches. Go to Okinawa. Enjoy. And you have to enjoy Okinawa because you just go there and everybody's friendly. Everybody's happy. They'll give you, you can go to a bar, you can go to izakayas, restaurants, cafes and stuff. Drink beers, chill on the beach, listen to some beach music and just chill out and just have a damn good time. Get a nice tan going and enjoy it. But rewind, back up to Tokyo. I'm not going to go into Hokkaido because I associate Hokkaido with winter and snowboarding and snow. So that's going to be in the winter podcast. But back to Tokyo. So if you're located in Tokyo, you're staying in Tokyo for a while, you've got a lot of different options. You can go to Kujikuri. Kuju, Kuri. Kuju, like 99. So I think it's easily translated into English like 99 to so Kujikuri Beach and that's located east side of Tokyo out past Narita uh, it's a really big beach it's a really long strip along the Honshu coast of Japan uh, it's a big beach but it's really cold and it's really dirty I went there once and I have no intentions of going back there again. I, when I first was living here in Japan, I'm like, yay, I want to go to the beach. And I met this beautiful Japanese girl. I'm like, hey, you want to go to the beach for like a beach date? This Japanese girl later became my wife. So that explains it a lot. So we went, <laughs> so I did not mean that negative. We went to the beach 
and it was just cold. It was overcast, the water was cold, and there was all this rubbish and plastic bags and dead fish skeletons and sticks and God knows what else floating around the water, and it was just really yucky. And I was like, ah, wow, dude, I'd never want to go to a beach again in Japan ever, ever again. Fast forward a few years later, with said girl that I took to said beach, we went on our first date as boyfriend and girlfriend to Enoshima. Enoshima, and there's also Kateseshima, Enoshima area, so the Shonan area. This is, we were focused on Enoshima right now. Enoshima is another really super popular and super famous beach in Japan, and it's sort of the same thing, but a hell of a lot better. So at Enoshima, there's a really cool, vibrant beach culture going on there. We've got these little strapping, big buff Japanese lads cruising around with their tans and their muscles out, and you've got all these cute, sexy Japanese girls running around with their bikinis out, and you're on the beach, and there's beach bars, and you can drink beer in the beach bars, and drink beer on the beach, and you can listen to music on the beach, and it doesn't matter if you have tattoos, you can just be on the beach with your tattoos out, drinking beer on the beach, listening to tunes on your smartphone or your portable stereo, and jumping in the water and having a swim, and just having a damn friggin' fantastic time. In association with that, at Enoshima, in the Shonen area, there's one event that I always go to, it is biblical for me, I do not miss the Shonan Open hosted by Murasaki Sports. Murasaki Sports is a major sports chain here in Japan. They do everything. They're a big shop complex, a big shop chain. If you surf, if you skate, if you snowboard, if you scuba dive, if you play golf, if you play tennis, if you bowl, if you do anything sports related, Murasaki Sports sells all the equipment that you need. That being said, it's a chain store, and you'll pay chain store prices, but that's the that's the ticket. But Murasaki Sports has this event, the Shonan Open, every year, and it's around July, August time. So July, August time, they have, originally it was, I think, a one-day or two-day event, or three-day event, depending on whether or not it was a public holiday, but... The last one was a five-day event. They stretched it out over a whole week, and it's crazy. So you can go to Enoshima, to the Shonan Open from Murasaki Sports, and they have a lot of rad events. They have a surf contest. They have a bodyboarding contest. They have a skateboarding contest. They have a half-pipe skateboarding contest. They have a dance contest. They have a BMX contest. They have a muscle man contest. They have all these contests going on all the time, non-stop. And mixed in with all of that is all these vendors selling food, all these vendors selling beer and chuhai and sake and one cup of seki. And all the major companies are there. There's Nike giving away free product. There's Ear Candy giving away like free uh, stickers and stuff and free headphones and stuff and there's starter caps, there's aero caps. It is a really, really rad event that I really highly recommend you go to. If you're ever in Japan during July, like mid-July to late August, or mid-July to mid-August, and your time of the Shonen Open, definitely go to Shonen Open and enjoy that. Enjoy that beach, beach culture. It is magical. Last point. 
I want to mention about top five reasons to visit Japan seasons, summertime series, beaches is Zushi. Zushi is if you're living in Tokyo or Yokohama, Zushi is the beach you want to go to if you want to go to a clean, really nice, family-friendly beach. The Emperor of Japan. So, notice that name. The Emperor of Japan. He's not a president. He's not a prime minister. He's not a king. He is an emperor. He is the Emperor of Japan. He has a beach house with his family at Zushi Beach. So Zushi Beach is kept meticulously clean all the time. So the water is troweled or trolled or drained or netted or whatever word you want to say. The water is kept sparkling clean. The water is actually really super clean. Not on par with Okinawa, but it is pretty damn good considering how close it is to Tokyo, but it's, it's pretty damn clean. The beaches are super clean, there's no rubbish, nothing on the beaches. There's, it's a very family friendly vibe. In the water they have like jet skis and they have the hoverboards and they have all these cool beach activities. They have like this Australian company, they bring, they bring over like a beach amusement park, I mean sorry, an ocean amusement park and they set up in the ocean just mm. off the beach of Zushi and it's rad dude. It's so friggin' cool. The reason why Zushi is very different, and I'm mentioning it at the end of this podcast, is for at Zushi on the beach. If you go to the beach, if you have tattoos that are visible, you can't go on the beach with your tattoos. You have to wear a long <clears throat> long sleeve shirt or a long sleeve rash vest, a long sleeve wetsuit or a full body wetsuit. You can't show any visible ink on the beach. If you do, there's these pairs these groups of old men that walk around with notepads looking all serious and they'll come up to you and say hey you can't be on the beach with your tattoo get off the beach or cover that shit up and seriously they do do it i watched it a lot so you can't have tattoos on the beach that's a no-no number two you can't play music on the beach so if you rock up to the beach and you put your towel down you take your shirt off you got your ink out put your smartphone down, you plug into your Dre beats or whatever you're rocking and you start playing some tunes, these old guys are come running over to you blowing whistles and damn it, damn it, damn it, oh, you can't have tats on the beach and you can't be playing music on the beach. And so that's sort of okay because they want to keep it family friendly. They The focus is keeping the speech like family friendly so families can feel safe bringing their kids there and not be offended by your loud music and your disgusting body art as it is regarded in Japan but um, that's not my opinion I love tats, tats are cool my dad has one, my dad has actually three my brothers have them, tats are cool reason number three on Zushi, you can't drink on the beach at Zushi you can drink on the beach but you can only drink on the beach in the beach bar. And it's really strange, because I used to work in the beach bar, and the beach bar is on the beach. It's exactly on the beach. And there's a heap of them. There's maybe 20, 30, 40, these little shack things set up, and they're all bars, and they're all selling beer and 
shots and chuhais and sake and cocktails and stuff and it's cool you can go into there and you can drink but if you walk a one meter outside of those with your drink in your hand no you can't it's, a, it's a, like a real gray area inside the beach bars most of them you can have your tats out you can have your ink out you can listen to music you can drink some of them say like no tattoos but some of them are tattoos are okay so it's like really it's a really gray area but if you if you're like me and I don't care about anything whatsoever I have no tattoos so I don't care I listen to a lot of heavy metal I used to be a heavy metal singer I used to be a death metal singer in Australia like Metallica Iron Maiden Black Sabbath I love my loud music I love it hard but I always listen to my headphones mm. and I drink a lot especially at the beach so it doesn't really bother me and also I used to work in a beach bar at sushi so I'm like yeah I rock up at the beach bar first day on my job my boss is like hey welcome to Thomas and friends hey did you drink today I'm like no I didn't drink today I'm okay I'm, I'm sober and he's like well we gotta fix that have a beer have a chew high have a whiskey drink something drink 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 and serve beers I'm like, oh, sweet, dude, this is the number one excellent job in the world. So it's just all day, like, pouring beers, drinking beers, pouring beers, drinking beers, pouring beers, drinking beers. And it was epic, fantastic. And the last point I want to make on why the top five reasons to come to Japan Seasons podcast for beaches is Japanese girls. And uh, I shouldn't say this because my wife is probably listening. But it's just non-stop Japanese girls walking past every five seconds wearing bikinis and you're drinking on the beach and it's so much goddamn fun. So, guys, that's going to round up our podcast for top five, reason, top five reasons to visit Japan during seasons, summer edition. We'll be coming back to you in about three months' time with the Autumn Edition podcast. I just want to give a quick shout-out to my great friends at the Critical Thinking Podcast, Miguel Garza, Rick Lopez, uh, that guy, Josh, Kyle Krample, and Sean Douglas. Love those guys. If you want to listen to something which is really interesting, like nerd culture, geek culture, fandom stuff... Uh, actually these guys are really cool they're doing a lot of developing new and emerging artists so go listen to the criticalthinkingpodcast.com also slip by to the mangasensei.com to learn Japanese the fun, friendly and freaky way and try their 30 day Japanese challenge to really pump your Japanese level up also if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Japanese culture and a little bit more about what it's like to be working in the English teaching scene here, go over to Twitter and follow my good friend Grey Grizzles and Gaijin. His handle is at Craig Hoffman11. Craig handles lots of stuff, really in-depth stuff about living life in Japan as a teacher, as an ALT. But he also has quirky and informative points and views on life and he's quite a nice guy he's very inspiring i love craig he's, he's a good guy um other than that drop by my good friends the rebel radio podcast for their cool always awesome movie reviews 
and also slip by for a little bit of Aussie culture to the realmanbrainpodcast.com. The Real Man Brain Podcast will open your eyes, your mind, your ears and your soul to what it's like to live inside vessels like you and me. And with that being said, this is the very end of our very first ever Top 5 Reasons to Visit Japan During Seasons podcast. This is Kyle from Tokyo Munchies signing off. And as always, if you've got the munchies and we've got the munchies, tokyomunchies.ticktail.com.